Hey kids, it's your favorite sorcerers of madness. It's the No Class Podcast. With your very good internet friends, Eddie and Matt. Hey bud, how's it going? Awesome, man. How are you? Yeah, I've been better. Mm. I'm all right. Uh, I'm, you know, got a little indigestion, but other than that, I'm great. Is it from that delicious lunch that you ate? It was. I ate entirely too much, but it was. It was. It was all right. I'm not crazy about the tzatziki that they used. Oh, okay. I thought you meant tzatziki sauce in general. It's going to no, be like no, you're I crazy. Loved, no, I love tzatziki sauce, but there's that was on that sandwich. It almost seemed like that was like a watery ranch dressing or something. Huh. But I, I know they're very generous with it. No, they are, but I don't want generosity doesn't count if what you're oversharing isn't all that great. But anyway, no, no, no. oh, well, but yeah, I mean, I love, you know, Greek, Lebanese. You know, so today we start the podcast by crapping on the Greek place. They're not listening, so it's fine. Yeah, no, no. I mean, the fries were on point, like you said, the salad well, was okay. How was the gyro? The, the gyro meat was delicious. Just oversauced. I mean, you got to figure any kind of baby foods are good, whereas like lamb is good, eggs are good, baby back ribs, delicious. Eating babies in general is, you know, baby animals, that is, not oh. baby people. Well, we almost had an agreement there, and then you went and swerved at the last minute. I know, I know. I ruined it. But, but do you know where the best place in Longview to eat a baby is? Where's that? At the Long Con Spring. <laughs> Folks, that, we don't need transitions. That was an excellent segue. <laughs> we don't need transitions or segues. We come right at it. We come out and say what we right mean. On. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. That was hilarious thing was I was talking to Josh, and he's like, so do you all have any plans about, you know, Long Con Spring for food? And I said, let's do burgers. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> anyway, yeah, every I got a scowl. But anyway, a glare. Just like the rest of your life. Yes, it's exactly. It resulted in a scowl. A scowl. When you get to heaven, God will scowl. He probably, hopefully he'll, he'll look over me, the records and scowl. Yeah, he'll, he'll scowl and wag his finger, but hopefully he'll go, ah, all right, we have a quota. You know, he'll let me in. Um, that's what I'm counting on. Some quotas. Quotas. Um, well, Long Con Spring. Yeah. Still rolling along. Mm-hmm. Discount codes have been delivered to Geek World. We love them. So swing by there. No purchase required. None. Just be sure and tell them we sent you. And demand your discount code. Demand it. Say, where's my discount code, fool? I've got some word that we're going to get a little bit more board game support. Yay. So we're going to receive 10 free games for our uh, play to win program. So we may have more than 10. That's going to depend on turnout. If we have two board gamers show up, then I hope they enjoy those 10 they're, board games. They're going to clean up. But now that's what I thought about was, it should still be fun. I, I, you know, I thought, well, I know as an RPGer, it's like going to cons is awesome. But I was like, I wonder if, if board game folks are going to want to come out. But, you know, I mean, like um, somebody mentioned on the internet, there's some of these games that are really great when you play with a large group. But how do you get 15 and 20 people together to play a game at a con like this? For example... Ultimate Werewolf. Yeah, I've heard that. The more people you add, it just gets crazy. Fun. Yeah. And that's like diplomacy. Um, you have to have like eight people minimum or something to play it. Something silly or ten, I think. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's something, something crazy. So where could you but at a con get that many people together in one room wanting to do the same thing, you know? 
Other than an orgy, I guess, or something. But um, one of the things I'm getting excited about mm-hmm. for the Long Con Spring is I think I'm going to get to do a little bit more actual gaming. Wow. Because it's going to be, for the board game portion of it, it's going to be easier for us to walk away from the desk. Yeah. It would be easier for us to just pull out a deck of cards at the desk mm-hmm. for certain games. Yeah. And then it's less of a commitment. Yeah. It's like, I can't get away from the desk for four to eight hours here, but I can get away for an hour yeah, or play a round of this or that. Yeah. Or, you know, or if there's some person, there's usually people that like to come to the desk and chit chat. Yeah, you might could uh, engage them in a game of... Uh, Chance. Yo- Yokai Septad or something, you know. What? Gesundheit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yokai Septad. Well, there's another famous, famous segue from Matt there. Brilliant transition. Uh, I was up at Geek World the other day doing the board game thing. Mm-hmm. And two of the games that I uh, was playing were from Ninja Star Games. Ninja Star. So... And actually, the owner of Ninja Star Games reached out to me and was like, hey, can you give me some feedback on those games? And what did you think when you played them? So, yeah, they're really involved in it. Mm -hmm. The two games that I played were Arkham Ritual and Yokai Septet. Mm -hmm. So I figured the winner out of the bunch would be Arkham Ritual. Right. Everybody loves Cthulhu stuff. Sure. And I'm trying to think of a good way to describe that game. It's you get one card in this card game. Everyone sees it. Arkham Asylum or right. Arkham yeah. Ritual. Arkham Ritual, yeah. Everyone can see that card, but you you don't get to see your own card. Right. It's what's that like? A Indian um, or Native American uh, something? Poker. Oh yeah, Native American poker. That was okay. It's interesting, but I, I that really fell flat. No, I, we played a couple hands of that, and I was like, me, unless we were doing something wrong. But Yokai Septet is really good. It's kind of like anime spades or hearts. If you played hearts or spades, it's a lot like that. I played both when I was a kid. We would, you know, on a Friday out in the country, you're bored, you're going to play some cards, drink some beer. So for the septet, there are seven suits instead of four. I saw that. Snow, fire. Water and ice with your powers combined. And then all of the suits do not have the same... Uh, range of cards, whatever you want to say. Hmm. The green grass cards may go from two to seven. Hmm. That's it. So you kind of have to play that, pay attention to that. So if we were sitting here playing it and you threw out a green six, it'd be like, nobody's going to beat that because there's only one card. Or if you're trying to lose that trick, you're going to be, it's that much harder to get under it because you're like, oh, a six. I'm looking pretty good because you're thinking the regular full range of cards up to aces. Yeah. Dirty trick. Makes it a little bit more interesting. So I'd say that one was definitely a winner. Cool. I ended up playing that with Ken at Geek World as well. They're going to get it ordered. So they're going to be carrying that game from now on. Well, see, there you go. Good for Ninja Star. You've helped. They sent you some product and you helped play it and promoted it. And that's great. So, yeah, we'll probably do some more games up there. And I'm looking forward to playing a hand of it or two at uh, Long Con Spring. Yeah. But that's the kind of thing that I can get in instead of just sitting at the desk or trying to actually get into an RPG. And it's like, you know, I'm going to get pulled away every five minutes for this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's our Long Con Spring update, I think, unless you had something else you wanted to. Oh, we might as well go with a board game review on our one to five here for Arkham. I'll have to go back and listen to what the ratings exactly were. But Matt gives it a two and I'm going to go two point five. 
it's generous. It's a game. It exists. Yeah. I think a lot of people lately, now that that license is, is free to use, like the terms Cthulhu and Arkham and uh, uh, all these things that I guess are in the public domain now. Yeah. So, but some people are just, I think, like, oh, let's get, let's use that and slap something together. Teehee, the people that are big Cthulhu fans will buy it just because it's Cthulhu something. Yeah. And this might be <clears throat> one of those things. Well, if I remember our rankings correctly, three was a, you should get it. Yeah. A four was you should get it soon. And five was drop what you're doing you and get it. got to have it. Yeah. So, so, I, what, I, so I'm not even putting all like like the, the Probably that you feel ripped off. Like you want to punch somebody. Yeah. You like know? you bought it and. Yeah. You feel like and they stole money like, out of your pocket. Eh, you know, like I guess if you were forced to play it, you know. Yeah, you and I wouldn't have to be forced to play Arkham Ritual. It's not. I wouldn't go out of my way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but it's not like it some game terrible. where you're into it for ten hours, where yeah. you're like, "Oh God, this is never going to end." No, At I least it's brief. I will say one hand to that. Even we didn't even know entirely what we were doing. It didn't take. Five minutes. Yeah, it's simple to learn, it's and it goes bad. by fast. So, and there might, if we played it more, there might be some deeper strategy. I'd go, oh, or something. It's know. a social deduction game, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I was telling the uh, owner of the place was, we really didn't engage with the social de- uh, deduction aspect of it. We're kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. So if we had really got into it and been like, you're going to lose because this and blah, blah, blah. And if we'd had more players, because mm-hmm. that's one of the things he said yeah. he noticed too. It, He's like, we made it. I can't remember. Does that one go three to seven or something like that? You've got the box. Three to seven. Yep. And he's like, we should have just made it seven to nine or something like that. Yes. It's like 20 minutes, three to seven, 10, 10 years or older. And I could see a, a, a precocious 10 year old being able to play that. Oh yeah. It's simple. Yeah. And I think if you had more people, that would make it better. So, again, we could try that at the con and see if we revise our opinion. Yeah. But that one, you really needed people, I think. Right. Uh, Yokai Simtet is three to four players, and it's awesome. Yeah, three to four, age 10 plus 30 minutes. Would you say it took 30 minutes to play a hand? Mm, no, but that's more... You can play multiple rounds to see who wins, and a lot mm-hmm. of times we just played... A, a round you just to see who this, won that yeah and that's fun yeah it's got advanced scoring methods like every game now but sure. you can just do regular basic scoring and it was really good yeah one of the interesting things about it is you have to win four specific hands mm-hmm. but if you win more than seven tricks you lose huh yeah so you've got to get some but you can't get all wow so a lot of people that are good spades players mm-hmm They'll try and win all the tricks because it won't be in their mind, or they'll forget what the tr- oh the trump changes every time too. Oh. Trump changes every round. So I mean, there's a lot of good twi- twist to the game. So they, it's it's basically like spades or hearts taken to an, another level or something. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, an updated modern spades or hearts, and I really like spades and hearts. So I'll give that one a five. And the artwork is is very colorful. Yeah. yeah, and if you know somebody that likes the anime stuff, I had a lot of people comment on the art. Yeah, I mean, the art's good. really it's good artwork. Good, good, yeah. And I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of that sort of thing, but I mean, it's good quality artwork. I'll give them that. But if you know somebody that is a fan, that could get them playing a card game with you. Yeah. If you're good. like, oh, you'll be interested in this just because the cards are so pretty. And, and you, I'm I'm laughing because no, there are those people that that sometimes that you have to have yeah. that in a hook. A hook, yeah. So, would you have started playing Dungeons and Dragons if there were no dungeons and dragons? <laughs> mm, I don't know. 
See? Yeah. I mean, you could have completely reskinned that sort of thing and they'd been like, I'm not interested at well, all. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but that's like the joke the other day. Um, someone, you know, I've been on Reddit quite a bit lately because I hate myself. And, um, but no, I'm kidding, but uh, um, one of the comments about like talking about the satanic panic was how many people that like their parents were like, you can't play that D&D. And they showed up the, the, the next day with uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse or um, one of those other variants or whatever mm-hmm. and, their, and their oblivious parents are like well I guess that's okay because it's not that Dungeons and Dragons dude if yeah. only you knew if only you knew so alright while we're giving some games some ratings mm-hmm. I recently finished The Witcher 3 oh, you complete it. edition Ooh, la, la, so la. I played The Witcher jeez I'm trying to think how old that game is now it's 2016 yeah that sounds about right four years old yeah. So I played it back in the day and enjoyed it mm-hmm. and finally got around to getting the complete edition, which had all the extra DLCs. Mm-hmm. So The Witcher for me, five-star game. The Witcher complete version with all the DLCs is five plus. Those DLCs are great. Awesome. So I'm giving Matt a copy of that. What a guy. And... Yeah, just really those the DLCs. Uh, I think it's Heart of Stone and Blood and Wine. Cool. Both of those really incredible, and it's kind of hard to go like which one was better than the other, but just fantastic. So cool. Um, I started to play it recently, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I mean, you know. Well, what have you been playing? Well, we both know I've been playing Fallout seventy six. And I know when it first came out, it got lambasted and, and not that it gives it a pass or it's okay. Like the whole thing about people kind of go, well, you know, politicians lie and philander and I'm like, but that's still not right and we shouldn't put up with it. But anyway, so many of these games, these online games, that these companies put out, like when Conan first came out, when this came out, they weren't finished products. They weren't ready, but any more than companies get them to a certain threshold, it's probably the suits and ties pushing them. We need to see a return on our investment. Get it out there. So you basically pay for a, a glorified beta. And uh, But in the intervening year, year and a half, two years, what's it been now? Because that came out in 18, I think. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's had a few DLCs. There's a, a pretty big one coming out, I think, in March or April. It's supposed to be like pretty significant and it's really going to add a lot to the game but there's the quests I've done so far were good they're not some of these things that are really stupid little fetch quests there's escorts um they've got timed ones um dailies anyway I've had I've been having fun with it um what's funny to me is it's supposed to be an online game but yet this is the post-apocalypse so I mean if you're constantly running into people like you do in a traditional online game it'd be kind of weird I mean, I think like something like WoW where, I mean, there's other human beings running characters all around you. It doesn't seem weird on those, but in a post-apocalyptic game, it'd be like, this is kind of weird. You know, I mean, part of what makes it feel stark and foreboding is there's no one. I mean, there's not even NPCs in the game. At first, I thought, well, that's kind of weird. But I thought, no, I like that because you really get this feeling of like, shit, I'm alone and you're immersed. You can't run to the store. Yeah. And so... Um, a lot of the quests are given out by uh, hollow tapes you find, or a, a note, or robots, or AIs. But even though this next patch is going to add a bunch of NPCs and factions, but anyway, um, 
there are other players, but I think they only allow like 24 per server. And don't quote me on that. So there are other people on the server when you're playing, but they're, you're so spread out, you know, that you might, you know, unless you go out of your way, you might play for a couple hours and never see another player. So you either might not like that if you're like, well, I want to embrace the whole online multiplayer thing. Or if you're like, well, I like my fallout where I was just doing my own thing and doing my own quests. And well, you can have that experience. And particularly if you're willing to pay like a monthly fee, which online games have had forever, you can have your own unique server. And what's, I was telling Gary about that. And he said, I would like that. Cause he said that way you well, could, then you got to get Gary in on this and yeah. he'll pay for the server for us. Yeah. But he said you could, you know, cause like when we were playing Neverwinter nights together, we had a lot of fun and there were other players on the server, but at any given time, there were never more than about a half dozen people. And the game world was big enough, uh, that we, we didn't run into him. And sometimes you did and you might group with somebody. Like I group with a guy at random to do this airport that you had to go down, like kind of like a dungeon, go down in the airport and fight these things called the charred or the scorched, scorched. the scorched, excuse me, the scorched. And, um, we had to fight the scorched and, and, uh, and I'm glad I had him. It's funny. It was different things. Like I was good at picking locks and he was good at hacking. So like at one point he hacked us to get us through one door and I picked some locks to get us to some loot, you know, and some, uh, foot lockers and stuff. So I love that we kind of were able to synergize there. So for all of our listeners out there that I am sure are playing the fallout 76, can they join the no class clan? Absolutely. Group up with you and play online? Well, in the upcoming expansion, it's supposed to be they're adding uh, these two factions, two factions. Yeah, there's going to be some conflict. So anyway, we'll see. It'd be interesting. Um, and if there's someone's like, yeah, man, I, I've got to. Because what I think is, I was telling Gary, it's great. If I end up getting bored with this in a month, I'm out 14 bucks. I bought a used copy at the game store, and you don't pay a monthly fee. So I'm out, and I could probably turn around and get few bucks credit playstation crew yeah playstation but anyway blah 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 i'm having fun with it i like it well while we're talking about video games we might as well talk about our other favorite place games to go yeah those guys are great yeah we'll be running some games up there soon Mm -hmm. they're working on getting some of the rpg stuff in so maybe we can use our uh guiding hand to try and ensure they get some good 5e dcc mcc savage worlds Mm-hmm. kind of focus on but yeah soon soon you will have yet another place to go another option for buying your RPG goodness and a, a shout out to the Dallas gamers we are so fortunate that through NTRPG and LongCon we've met and befriended this great bunch of gamers out of Dallas and I was going to be in town this weekend to celebrate Valentine's Day and my dear wife was good enough to say hey I'm going to go do some errands in Dallas while I'm doing that why don't you get into a game if you can I said well thanks you know and happy Valentine's Day weekend please leave me alone for four to six hours yeah and I was like yay sweet so anyway the The best gift of all I know she knows me and so um, luckily you know Matt Couch and John Watson and some of those great guys out there are scrambling to put something together at Madness Games for Saturday so I'm looking forward to that It'll have you be been fun. to Madness already? I haven't, so this will be fun going to Madness Games. I, I've heard of it. I think I'm Facebook friends with them, but I've never had the pleasure. I'm trying to think. Was it James Ward that was telling us how fantastic Madness was? Somebody was just telling us the other day. Yeah. Well, it seemed like when we were chatting back and forth with Sean and John uh, about their competitive game, I'd asked, hey, where's a good place in 
Dallas, it seemed like one of them said, oh, madness, you got to check it out, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember if it was John or Sean, but anyway. All right, well, you give us yet another segue here. I was going to mention that NTRPG is right around the corner, too. Mm-hmm. It's in, let's see if I can mess this up. The first, it's not the first weekend, is it? It's the first no, Thursday or no, first well, full weekend. The, it's weird. Yeah, it's like usually around June 5th, which is what... um V-Day? Yeah, V-Day, D-Day, you know, around, yeah, the, the memorial, whatever. But, yeah, it's like around June 5th, usually. Usually the first weekend in June, which it's sad that I'm remembering something here. But Hey, man, those drugs are working. Yeah, those anti-senility drugs are amazing. And the shock therapy. Exactly. But those guys are right around the corner. They'll have a ton of fantastic guests. So if you haven't checked them out, now is the time. Matt's going to have a lot of good games on the schedule. I'm sure he's already got a lot on there. No. <laughs> nope. I usually have some games on there, so I'll probably run something. Are you going to run something, or are you just going to kick back this year? No, no. It, you know, I'm always conflicted because, on the one hand, I love a chance to just go and play, but like last year, I put in to run a couple games, and I got such good feedback and reception from the players I canceled a couple of my games to run more games because I love playing, but you know, I love running games and, and um, everybody seems very, they're just some, what a great bunch of players that it's, it's fun to run for those folks. They're good people. You're just going to run off list games. No, no, no. I mean, I'll, I'll schedule games. I'll, I'll probably schedule a couple of games, but I'm as of right now, I'm kind of looking forward to, like we talked about, it's not that often we get to play a game together. So that's one of the nice things at NTRPG is probably, hopefully some folks get into games with us. And, you know, we'll see. All right. This is the last one before we get into our topic. Mm-hmm. Just that we mentioned the Doom on the Warden. Oh, yeah. Last time that that Kickstarter was live and doing well. Mm-hmm. It has successfully funded now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you got in on that and hopefully you'll yeah. get your goodies and mm-hmm. there was a ton of stretch goals Great coming out of it. Goals. So it did very well. Yeah, I'm excited. I basically kicked the, the El Grande package, you know, with everything. Sour cream and cheese. You know it in the chives, you know, and stuff. All right. So. But one more thing. No. Yes. Um, so, you know, I always run a competitive game at one of the earlier first nights of Archons, NTRPG. This year, I'm I'm kind of torn. I'm not. I don't know why. It's I'm, a little I'm, late. I'm not feeling. I'm all out of love. Yeah, I'm not feeling the competitive thing, and I don't know that it's something that people are like, oh man, because you know you you got to play a Matt's competitive thing or whatever. So I'd I'd be curious to hear some feedback. Um, but I'm just I'm like uh, I'm like meh. Well, you know the best way to get some feedback, put it right here on the podcast. In your mm-hmm. inbox, so and that many mailbox again. What is that? Well, it's the uh, no class RPG podcast at gmail.com. dot org dot mil. Mm-hmm. Let Matt know. Yeah. Should he run the competitive? Should I? Should I? And I dust it out, dust it off, dust it out, dust it out, Whew. dust it off, and cleaned Prop up, dusted, and washed Death House out. And man, that went over so well at NTRPG a couple of times. A couple of times. I'm tempted to do it again. Play the hits. Well, that's, you know, maybe I have, my memory, see, it's not that great. Either I have posted stuff for NTRPG or if I'm thinking about doing it. You haven't. Okay. And um, what I'm thinking about doing, of all things, is bringing out a couple of old classics myself. 
Caverns of the Dead God and Ooh. Mansions. Mansion of Madness. My version of Mansion Man of Madness. Let's come up with a new name for it because apparently there's already a Mansion of Madness out there somewhere. Mansion of Mild Annoyance. <laughs> mansion of Chafing. Anyway. Um, mansion of Doom. That's right. Or like Fall of the House of Gregorian or Gregorovich or whatever maybe. That's a classic. That's yeah. for you, Leela. Anyway. Because we know you're listening. Yes, right now, through a secret listening device planted in the house. Um, so, thank you for that PS there. There's a topic today? Yeah, it has been hand-selected by our own Matt Gullett. And everyone tunes out. <laughs> yep. Um, so. so, what's the topic, bro? Bro ham? Well, we talked about a couple of different things. So I'm going to take it that you're like one of these things. We had talked about open roles mm-hmm. and behind the screen roles. Mm-hmm. So let's see how far we get with that. All right. Which I didn't even look at when we started. So um, you're 25 minutes into the show. Wow. Really already? Yeah. Okay. So um, we're entertaining. Time goes. If, if you know, just when you're having fun, put your thumb down, go for or against. I'd rather roll out in the open. Screw you. I'd rather roll behind screen. Good for you. See, Point, folks, now there's drama. Dun, dun, dun. Um, but if you're like, well, please elaborate. No, I don't think you should. I think we should just call this podcast right here at the 27-minute mark. We're coming up on it. We'll right. just say, good evening. Enjoy your day. You don't want to hear our opinions. You right. just want to hear the news bullets. That's right. But... um. By all means, let Please us Please elaborate, Matt. Why do you prefer open roles? But before I forget, everyone, it feel free, free feel, um, to send us an email or on Facebook. Let us know what you, how you feel about the uh, rolling in front of or behind screens. Well, and if one of us changes your opinion, yeah. if you're a behind the screen kind of guy and Matt talks you into open yeah. roles, mm-hmm. let us know. Um. I'm probably going to be all over the place here, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, ah, sorry, I sneezed that, there, that, folks. That never happens. Um, so, as a, as a young game master, I'll uh, be back in twenty minutes for years. Yeah, twenty. Here, being uh, optimistic, um, I rolled behind a screen, and for the same reasons as most God intended. Do. Yeah, in that, if uh, what was it? Uh, James M. Ward and Gary Gygax said, "I don't kill characters." Uh, the dice. Or no, oh, stupidity. Stupidity, bad decisions. And But how many times have I seen parties where their dice are just cold, 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 and my dice are red hot, and you can kill you know, players and characters and parties that way. Um, so that's the whole idea of rolling behind the screen in that, you know, oh, well. I you can pull yet, punches? Yeah, I rolled yet another crit. Well, let me back off that. And then the other side of it is there's time where you've handcrafted this wonderful boss mob at the end of the dungeon is here's the culmination of weeks of play and who, you know, this is going to be the, an epic battle and the players are rolling out of the box and your dice are ice cold and you're sitting here going, man, this is bonk and this is going to be so lame and so anticlimactic. So what, what sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. You might fudge some dice rolls for the monster, you know, how dare you, sir? Yeah. So, 
there's your thing. Well, why should I roll behind the screen? But during my living Greyhawk days, and we were so invested in our characters, and a lot of these people were really hardcore. And, it, and you kind of, not always, but you had kind of the cream of the crop. Like these were people that played well and played their characters well, and they crafted their characters to be efficient and effective and, you know, whatever. So the idea that some jerk weasel would just be rolling behind some screen mm-hmm. who who had an axe to grind or was a jerk or whatever, you were like, uh-uh. It's like, no, this I've got six months invested in this character. Or I've played week after week and, you know, scrimped and, and did all these things and drove long distances to go to different cons hoping for different uh, access to magic items and spells and special little bennies and whatnot and and to have some jerk behind a screen kill it you were like no no people player were players people were very adamant about roll out here where i can see it mm-hmm. but then you got to deal with the consequences and so it, it's good to have people invested in their characters but if somebody's going to be that heartbroken if their character dies you know that's where i really appreciate dcc and the funnel being the very first thing you play that the mass body count helps break some players out of that mindset like my character can't die i mean that's just dude characters die i mean i want you to be investing your character and yeah if it's a good character and you've had a fun campaign yeah it kind of stings but it's natural as rain on a sunday morning there you go don't i mean uh, once again on reddit it's the story about some guy that like i need a minute and he walks away from the table and they hear him slam the door and rev his engine and peel out and he never came back and i think to myself you know well this guy needs to get a little thicker skin or or what i mean he must have been i'm gonna give him the benefit of that. he's got something terrible going on in his life beyond this and this was just the icing on the cake or something because it's just a game you know all right so I am a roll behind the screen kind of guy mm-hmm. for all the reasons that you mentioned. Because, yeah. yeah, sometimes dice rolls will get fudged. Yeah. If that's a open secret or if that shatters your world for somebody to hear that, hey, as a GM, it's my job to give you a, a good, fun game. Yeah. And if the GM misses all night, you think it's going to be fun, but it's not. Trust me, I've been there before. And what the other day I said, everybody at the table should be having fun. Yeah, the players are having fun, but is the game master having fun? Well, even if the GM's not hitting anything, it's not fun as a player. Well, no, I mean, I want a challenge. Because it's kind of like putting the God mode in in a video game or just being invulnerable. There is no longer a challenge. Yeah. But like I said, I'm kind of a let the chips fall where they may. But I'm not saying you can never roll outside the screen. I think there are times exactly what you said. If it's something like Living Greyhawk, which was super competitive D and D, or even Adventures League, where you've built up this character and you could be traveling around and you don't know the GM. Yeah, there were people at that specifically went to cons. I feel there were a few. They, they were an exception, you know, but still, there's people that were like, "Tee I'm on a TPKO table," you know. And there was a guy that had little skulls he'd put on the edge of his screen. And we're like, what's that? Like, there's one skull for every party of TPK. <laughs> and we're like, okay, you're getting a little too jolly over this, buddy. Right. But anyway. So, so yeah. I'm saying if you trust your GM, yeah. you don't need out in the open rolls. True. But, like I said, still, DCC has helped me get back to that mindset of like, you know what? Let the chips fall where they may. 
Well, I mean, I rolled behind the screen for you guys the other day on Death House. Yeah. And you still all died horribly. Exactly. So it's not like, well, if it's behind the screen. It's Candyland. No. And I'll say the other thing is that at least you've seen me do this. I don't know how other people who roll behind screens do. But when I roll good behind the screen, I'll have the person to the side look at it. Yeah. It'll be like, if it's like another 20, I'll be like, look. Then why even roll behind the screen then? If you're going to have a player verify. Because I'm that honest. Oh, look at you. But if I go, ooh, no, you have one hit point and I just barely missed, I don't go, hey, come look. Yeah. Yeah, when do you see that? Yeah. Never. Right. It's the stuff that yeah. you might get hurt feelings over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's not every time, but it's when it gets to be like, it's five million twenties in a row. Okay, yeah. check it out. There was um, a group that me and Gary were in with some other players and we met like weekly. And played, and we, we try to kind of take turns GMing so that you know people got a turn or got a break or whatever. Everybody got to play some. And there was one guy that one night Gary was like an hour late, and this guy was fuming and he was mad. Now, I know you're not gonna believe this, but when Gary got there, Gary's character got hit over and over and over, and there a lot of them were crits. What are the odds? Got behind, behind the screen. The screen. And, and and it was the thing about was that it a was, home game, yeah. And I was mad. My, and it's, I'm not the one receiving this, but just that type of pettiness that it's like he wouldn't have the nerve to say boo to Gary, but he would antagonize him in, in, in game. In game Brood like ice. that. I thought that was really, excuse my French, you don't hear me cussing a lot, but that's chicken shit. Well, it comes down to trust. Yeah. If you trust the person running the game, they can roll behind your screen. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and and even and it's not entirely for me. It's not necessarily about trust, but it's like I said. I just kind of, um, I I kind of got used to that all those years playing LG of just let the chips fall. You know. Well, I will say, a lot of times when I do it, it's just because I'm not using a screen at all. It's me. A lot of times I don't bring a screen. Anymore. So, this is not something that I'm really like. No, you must roll behind yeah. the screen, or you may never roll outside the screen. Because yeah. I do both. And there are times, especially like our Forgotten Realms, Living Forgotten Realms, or an Adventures League, where the people may not know me. I'm like, we haven't built up this bond of trust. Mm -hmm. I'm going to roll in front of you. You're going to see all these rolls. So if it goes really good for you, great. If it goes really bad for you, you blame, saw it fair and square. Blame the dice, don't blame me. And that's, uh, and that's like what you're talking about. We've become kind of minimalists to a certain degree. you know. Oh, for sure, because... We're a lot more into theater of the mind again now, I think, than we were back in the day. Or and, as we were back in the that day. That could be a whole podcast talking about how gaming's come full circle, at least for us, not for everybody. Because the games got crunchier and crunchier and crunchier. And some are still fairly crunchy. But I know that about the time that we started hanging out and we went to this old school con, NTRPG, and played some old school games, and we're like, why did we get away from this? This is the best. Now, these older games, or at least these retro clones, where which was before Fifth came out, yeah, that are minimalist or not all this just rules laden. It's just ugh. anyway. And it's I don't want to say mercenary. The reason that they came out with the minis, but that's a lot of the reason that it became three point five and everything became so minis driven is because they need to sell stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I'm not going to fault a company. They, they have to you make have money. To. Uh, you know, it's not like, oh, dare these companies want to sell, charge me for this. Uh, they're they're a business. They're going to stay in business and produce this stuff for you. But I'll give props where they're due. 
you know, Watsy had gotten so bad in the 3.5 days about putting out a new crappy book every month. And three-fourths, two-thirds, half the book would be just junk. It was just filler crap. Mm-hmm. But that's because you slammed a book out once a month. I'm really proud of them now. Like when, when a new book comes out, like Xanthar's was useful stuff almost cover to cover. I mean, that was that was a good book. It's a good supplement. It's it's all useful. It's like if you put a book out, make sure every bit of it is useful, um, or the majority. But anyway, that's you know. So, have we come to an agreement here on rolling behind the screen or not rolling behind the screen? Is one superior to the other? I'm okay with either. Is there a hill you're going to die on for this? No, I mean, no. But that's where once things like you said, I think if you don't have that trust level, mm-hmm. I'd rather roll out and open. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it just depends on me. If it's a one-off thing at a con, I'm not in, I'm not invested in my character, um, but I'm still that guy that like you know me. I think you might be of, of the same ilk. That's like, well, here's my own challenge I'm putting to myself. Like I want to end this funnel with four you know three to four of these zeros and that'll be i'll pat myself like look what i did Mm -hmm. you know um so once again if there was a guy who's like well i've just got to kill all of y'all's characters i'd be kind of like well now come on now you know don't just kid like literally one girl pointed late in a funnel and said he's still got four of his characters and the gm goes all right uh that he just points like that one's dead i'm like what you know well yeah especially when somebody else is up there in the combat you know your character's up front, but this guy has four of his funnel ones left, so that attack hits him for some reason. Yeah, like, and I guess that kind of goes back to theater of the mind, too. Yeah. That requires a lot of trust on your GM there. Yeah, because when we when Fifth first came out and the GM was like, well, do you want to do theater of the mind or do we want to do uh, minis and battle map? And we're like, eh, we'll do theater of the mind. It'll be, you know, well, the guy had... I, was, I made a point of saying, okay, my great big burly half-orc barbarian is just, he's everywhere. I am swinging my axe around. No one's getting past me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like, all right, the wizard way in the back gets hit by an orc with his dagger. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. How did he get past me without drawing an op? Oh, um, oh okay, take an op. I'm like, thank you. At least give me that. Like, if I saw him trying to skirt around, you know I was going to bulldog him, you know. So anyway, yeah. But with the mind that happens. Well, you know, another thing that this kind of leads itself to is how much information should the player have? For example, the monster's AC. You don't just announce, okay, it's an orc and he's got an AC of 15. Mm-hmm. You let him swing a couple of times and then when they've figured it out, when, when Gary specifically looks over and whispers and goes, it's got a 15 AC. Yeah, we know we know what its AC is now. Yeah. we've. But that's why like, there's players that some GMs go, all right, you know, you're going for 15s because he gets certain people going, did it hit, did it hit or whatever. But uh, no, I mean, I, I like whatever degree of verisimilitude we can try to, or what I'm, immersion or whatever. What I'm so does for. not seeing the dice roll add to that sort of, I don't know. Uh, the GM knows and you don't, and it's not so out in the open, and it's a little bit more mystique. Let's take this back, way back. I can remember when I first got into D&D, good luck finding a set of dice. Right. There weren't game game stores everywhere. D&D was not so prolific, you know. And so sometimes the GM was the only person at the table that had a set of dice. And I've been thinking about doing a bunch of, at some point, 
I got to get some people together because I want to do a lot of game experiments. Uh-huh. And that's one of them. It's like, how crazy would you go if only the GM rolled Roll the, the dice? dice? But that was it. Players would tell me what they did, and I'm rolling the dice for everything. I, I wonder if this day and age... I think players people could stand it because people look at how many people own. Like I have twenty set of dice and I love my dice. Love Roman. I'm just saying Laurelin ones. No, but exactly. But now, God bless, I love Laurelin. But but that's my bag too. I'm all about getting some dice. Oh, I mean, you remember that's the thing. In more recent years, is like people would have a, a crown roll bag stuffed with dice, and so yeah, it's interesting to think back then. Yeah, the only person rolling the dice was the game master, and no one had a problem with it. Because I'm trying to think, it's. Maybe it's not Harmontown. It's the one he was doing before that. Uh-huh. But that GM rolled for everybody. Yeah. I was like, man, at this point, I think that would drive me nuts. Probably. Because people, it's that uh, taking the agency away from players. And let's face it, it's laws of probability. But I know there are players that feel that somehow, like I love when I go, all right, roll a dice. And they go, well, do I want to roll high or low? I'm like, yep. okay, either do you have some sort of trick that I need to confiscate or you or you have powers over no, the I do that. probability? You know? I would do that. But I would be, be that superstitious type of person that's like, I can put my high that. rolling energy or my low rolling. Well, I won't I'm telling the die in my hand what I, it needs to do. I've never owned a loaded die, but I've got a die six that tends to roll, I swear, fives and sixes. Maybe it's just in my head. You need a torque die, my friend. Yeah, I know. Don't Gary. Go, ugh. Gary, and now it's Gary's little brother. Yeah, but I don't think his is, is, a, is as effectively charged. That's because he doesn't have the Gary roll. He's working on it. He's trying. Longview Computer Center for all your computer needs. Yeah. If you need your computer centralized, that's the place to get it done. Absolutely. And they have ink, I'm told. Yeah. But, I mean, you've just got computers laying all over your house probably. Yeah. There's probably one in the bedroom. There's a couple in the bathroom. You need them all put centrally in one place. There's one in your bunker? They'll put them all together that's in great. one place. That's great. Longview Computer Center. They'll get them working on crack-a-lacka. Um, this is how we know if Cody listened to the podcast. But talking about experimental games, there's something that I've I've done this once, and it was interesting, but I'd like to do it again to see how the paradigm has shifted. St- strip Dungeons and Dragons. Duh. No, um, that would, <laughs> that's <laughs> gag-worthy. I told you I already had the indigestion. Worst. Thanks, buddy. Um, but no, um, it basically the thing where like, okay, I've got your character sheet over here. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. Too. And it's like, you're, you're fairly strong where you're relatively intelligent and eh, you're, you're not very personable. And so, and let the players play, you know, well, think about back in the day when the GM role, like your trap finding and stuff like that yeah. for the rogue, which I miss that because there's something to be said for. It, it just some something about it ruins the tension. The moment where the player's like, "Okay, um, I'm looking for a, a trap," and they clunk out a one in front of you. Well, we, everybody at the table knows there might be a trap. Well, that's the one. Yeah, know? that's one thing that I don't like because it's like that. they failed, and everybody else else at the table is now like, "Well, then I'll search." Yeah, for for years at our game table, yeah, players got to roll everything, but and no one ever argued about this. If it came time for looking for traps or searching for that hidden foe or whatever, the GM would roll that behind the screen. He would look up and with a little cheesy grin and go, well, you don't see anything or you, know, you don't think there's anybody out there in the woods or whatever. It yeah. doesn't appear to be. Yeah, it doesn't appear to be trapped. You know. And then they go to turn the doorknob and you feel a little stab in your finger. Ah, crap! Make me a poison save. You know. So... And, and honestly, I, I, I said that right now as much as I'm with you in that I don't think I'd want someone else rolling my dice for me. I win. But I could definitely see that's something that Jim should still be rolling. 
like mm-hmm. checking for traps, searching for hidden foes, whatever. Because it, it's lame. Like you said, the rogue who everyone trusts and is a special in this, all of a sudden he rolls a one, and all of a sudden everyone at the table goes, well, maybe I should check too. I almost want to go, no. You trust the rogue any other time, why are you suddenly, because he rolled a crap, you're almost like, all right, rogue, roll over here where only you and I can see it behind some little side screen. Come sit by me. I've you thought know. about getting a dice tower. You'd have to have the rogue sit next to you, but like the dice tower built into your uh, GM screen mm-hmm. where it's like roll. you put the dice because yeah. it's your mojo. You get to roll. It's your But dice, I see the results. I see the results. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. Well, there are screens that have dice towers built into them. And yeah, a lot you times just turn it, it back the other out, way. Turn it around the other way. You know, you might be onto something. Of course. Yeah. I am an idea man, as you're, they say. You're my idea man, right on. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think we. This is a good. Yeah, of course it's a good topic because I won. Yeah, this is the first one that we've had any kind of debate on because yeah. usually we agree almost everything. Yeah, well, great minds think alike, and unfortunately, so do we a lot of times. Yeah, even the bad ones think alike, right? Duh. Even the broken clock is <laughs> yeah. right twice a day. So I want to touch on something controversial. Actually, let me touch on one more thing. So I guess we kind of covered that topic for now, yeah. but I'll throw this one at you. But and we'd love get to hear your, your opinion. Unfiltered response. Did you see that thing I put up about Artemis Space Bridge? I do. Love it, hate it. That sort of thing has never interested me. I've been aware of that program and people oh, yeah, doing yeah. that for years. They did it at NTRPG last time, I, I think. I could see people having fun, and to those who would, man, that's the biggest thing. Out. Go for it. Do you think, yeah, you may be like, that doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't appeal to me personally. But what do you think as an attraction at Long Con Spring? Yeah, that, I, well, like for it, instance, it, the, the Bryans did that one time, and they loved it. They went away hmm. to some place, event that had that. Oh, they loved it. Well, that's another thing you can give us your feedback. For Long Con Spring, we're brought spreading our wings broadening our horizons so some of the oh things my. that you may not see at november's the long con mm-hmm. we may have space for in spring to do it where we have like hey instead of a dedicated gm's room we have this dedicated artemis room no i mean that could be cool and who knows i might try it out and change my opinion but i mean even if you're like that's not my cup of tea what do you think do you think it would be a big draw or not a big draw or? i'm just curious because you, you try not to project yourself on other. As I've, I get older, I feel like don't, don't try to shoehorn people into your thought process. People are different. Da da da. But it's like, I, you know, I'd, I'd want to be the captain or something. Right. So I have to figure, wouldn't everybody says so anybody can be butthurt? Like oh, I got to be the ensign or I am the science officer, Mister Spock or whatever. I mean, play another and, session. Uh, I guess so. And then might be like, but then, but uh, yeah, I definitely think there's going to be somebody that wants to be Spock. There's going to be people that are like, heck yeah, I want to be in charge. I, I want to be, be the science, science officer. officer. And then yeah. there's going to be the guy that's like, I just want to shoot the missiles. Yeah. And be like, I want to be a Do you have a little red dress? Anyway. For you, we can make that happen. There you go. As long as I get that big silver Christmas tree stick out of my ear, that's what I really Wee. want. Yeah. Bloop, bloop. All right. Now to something controversial. Dun, we didn't dun, put it dun. at the end of the episode just so no one would hear it. But, but, because you know you've all tuned out by now. So this whole thing about Bob Jackson, Blitzall, the second junior, junior, yeah, judges so, guild, yeah, judges guild. So it's one thing. It's interesting. I mean, the whole thing's awful. Racism's bad. I've news never, flash, folks. Yeah, you I heard it here first. Yeah, I know. I know it's news to some of y'all, and I've and I absolutely have never understood 
anti-Semitism, but whatever. I mean, just it's all bad. But this guy, I thought, was this like an isolated incident? No, apparently. And it's kind of like learn for yourself. I went and looked at the guy's Facebook and read, saw some posts, and it's like, yeah, there's a history of this stuff. It's really awful. And But there were a lot of people that, and it's like not to be that guy, but I'm going to say like some people are just kind of virtue signaling, I think, you know. But like in the case of our buddies at NTRPG, like they said, we hate to even have to post about this or address it, mm-hmm. but like we're taking a stand and I, and I totally support them. And, and I, and I know Mike's not coming from a place of like virtue signaling, but what was the thing I thought was interesting, what he said was, and, and this is kind of why I wanted to get your opinion. Uh-oh. So there's a number of people that have been like, forget Bob Bledsaw Jr. Like she's psychic. And then, um, uh, uh, but they're like, screw him and don't ever buy anything judge's guilt ever again you know but like uh, mike was saying yeah he's a jerk we're not going to invite him he's not welcome but don't not buy judge's guild stuff because that's how some people make their living or had done that product and it was done a lot of it was done way back in the day before this guy was even born or in the picture or, or whatever and he may or may not be getting a cut of it i mean if it's something he's getting a cut probably shouldn't but, but they said on some of them it's like he gets no cut of it yeah the Author owns it all the rights, right? Like, yeah, because um, Janelle Jaquaz did some stuff back in the day, it's classic Judges Guild. I think she owns the rights or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I know that, um, and then some people just own stock, or and I mean, like back in the stock room, not like stock options, yeah. they have the product and they need to still sell it, yeah. So when you kind of go boycott, boycott, yeah, yeah. It can yeah. be a tricky issue. Yeah, really. That's what I'm saying. You don't want to endorse what this guy's doing in any way, shape, or form, but it's one of those things to where people other than him might get hurt by just blanket boycotting the product. So it's a real sticky wicket, but anyway. So there was a question in there, right? Well, yeah. I mean, so what do you think should be like, nope, just the best bet is don't, you know, forget judges' guilt, period. Or, you know. Man, how much of our... Uh, listening audience do I think buys judges guilt stuff <laughs> a very very small percentage yeah exactly. so for you the average listener burn them down don't buy anything yeah but for the very rare listener that is already buying their stuff do your research you're yeah. going to anyway there you go. Yeah. but do your research because I know like frog god games cut ties with him and some which other he people. had something to do with Teagle Manor yeah, well, Teagle's Manor is old school judges guilt, you know. Um, but anyway, but yeah, if if it's something that that if you knew the proceeds, but a lot of people are of a mind, and I can see it where they're like, you know, I don't have a time or inclination to go do some deep research to know if Bloodsaw Junior gets the proceeds or not. You know, what? just pff, I'm not gonna buy judges guilt stuff. And probably if you're interested in judges guilt, you probably already own the product. But I mean, I'm not gonna take mine out in the woods and burn them because of this guy. Because well, I've got Teagle Manor coming. Really? Oh, see, there you go. And see, I, I have like um, in the Invincible City of the Majestic Overlord or even the old classic. I own some of the old stuff that was printed back in the day when his dad was running the company. And by the way, this you know, doesn't reflect on Senior at all. Yeah, this doesn't reflect on him at all. But anyway, I mean, the whole thing's terrible. You know, it's, it's I think it's to some degree, I mean, it's not, this, it's this huge black eye on gaming, but 
you know, still, it just, it sucks. Well, I don't think you put the soundbite in yet, but you have freedom of speech, but you don't have freedom from consequences. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. This, this is America. God bless America. And you're free to say what you want, but you have to deal with the consequences of your actions. Yeah. And like this guy, I know he's going to be super unwelcome in the gaming community now. You know, which if you want to get really controversial, when do you earn a ban from conventions? He's earned one from okay. a number of them. But what would you say gives you like a lifetime ban? What kind of offenses? And that's, but here's the thing I think the problem with this guy people have is not just that he did that, which was bad, but he's unrepentant about it. Mm-hmm. I think if, if someone had, if he'd taken his post downs and was very apologetic, who knows? There probably some people would still be like, nah, screw you, Jack. You're dead to me, blah, blah, blah. But there's some people that would, I mean, can we not? No one gets a second chance. People can't be forgiven. Is there a timeline? You there know? you go. So that's that's a tough one, you know. But like I said, this I guess this guy's made it easy in a way because he's unrepentant. Mm-hmm. He's not taking his Facebook post down. So no problem. You're out, Jack. Which I mean, just as somebody that owns a business, it makes no sense to me why he would say these sort of things. Yeah, I just I can't understand. And the, and the, or there's people that really believe like, well, I can put whatever I want on Facebook and. Uh, and there'll, there'll there'll be no repercussions. How deluded are you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, especially in an age where people are are. I mean, we joke about being woke, but even I uh, was. Yeah, I mean, I see things myself. You know, you might okay, boomer, but no, even I see things that I go, you really said that, or ooh, that's kind of uncomfortable. That other people even go, what are you talking about? And I'm like, dude that doesn't seem wrong to you. I mean, you know, yeah. So anyway, I mean, like I had a boss in the recent years that was in a team meeting that said something that made me cringe. And she's probably maybe five years older than me. And I thought, how is it? I can see that's offensive and you don't, you know, it's weird. Uh, but anyway, and I, I didn't talk about it with those staff members. But I started to go, did that make you cringe a little bit? Or is it just me? You know, Anyway, but if you're not somewhat cognizant in this day and age, I can't imagine. But anyway, you have a tough road to hoe. But yeah, anyway, there's your controversy. So there you go, folks. I hope you have enjoyed this fine episode of the podcast. But I can see by Matt's face that he's all out of hit points like a zero-level character. Yep. So we say bye-bye. Adios. Vaya con Dios.